Thank you for that. That was a blessing. Okay. We are going to continue with a lesson that we started last year. Seems like we haven't been in Sunday school for a long time, right? Yeah. So if you remember far back to last year, right, we, we were, were in a series. Well, we're trying to finish up a series uh, called What's Next? And the last of those lessons we started didn't quite have time to finish. Uh, we may finish today. We'll see. Uh, and this is uh, tell others. Basically, get excited and tell other people about the Lord. That's what we're supposed to be doing. That's why we're one of the reasons why we're left here is to share the good news with other people who don't have it. And sometimes they have it, they just don't want it, and we have to patiently try to help them to see that they need it. And so um, let's pray and we'll get started. Father, thank you for your word and this topic is is a challenge to us because uh, sometimes we we um, we worry about people not wanting to accept the message, but we shouldn't worry because they're not rejecting us; they're rejecting you, and that's even a worse situation. And so, Lord, help us not to be so consumed about ourselves and our feelings, and to be filled with your Spirit. And as the disciples prayed for boldness and got it, Lord, help us to see that we can do the same and that you would use us. Lord, we, we do want other people to have the good news and we do want them to have a changed life. So please, Lord, use the lesson to encourage us and help uh, those who maybe are not active in sharing their faith to uh, make some decisions to trust you and to become more active. Pray that you just guide in this time, we ask in Christ's name. Amen. So I, I didn't give you a new handout. I would expect that some still might have had handouts from last time. And if you do, I hope you didn't grab a new one. So those who weren't here last time could have grabbed one. Anyway, so if you are trying to follow along with the, the outline, uh, we have a key verse. It's Mark sixteen fifteen, and he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's a command. We're supposed to go, not just sit around. We're supposed to actively pursue other people and tell them the good news. You can't just walk around and say, well, I'll just let my light shine and expect people to come up to me and ask me, wow, what's so different about you? Oh, I'm glad you asked. Now I will tell you. No, we have to be actively trying to engage others with uh, the gospel and turn the car conversations to the Lord. I know and sometimes in our hustle and bustle, our fast-paced life, that people don't spend much time in relationships anymore. I mean, even you used to sit down in a, on an airplane and you can strike up a conversation sometimes with the person next to you. Very difficult now. Autom- automatically, either the headphones go on or the earbuds go in. And sometimes they're already on when they come and sit down. And you're like, and then that's it. That's about all you get until you land. And so things are a little more challenging. It doesn't mean we can't find opportunities. And, it, and of all time, even, even more so now, when things are so fast-paced, at least you can get a gospel tract in someone's hand and a word of encouragement with it to prompt them to want to read it is helpful. So, uh, 
We've got good news, and we need to not only be willing, but able to share it. And our attitude should be, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. It's the power of God. Why should we be ashamed of the power of God? Why should we be ashamed of what he's done for us? And so I will just recap those uh, points from the last time. We're asking questions. We're answering them. The first question is, why should we tell others? We gave several reasons. Uh, Telling others demonstrates a love for the Lord. Telling others helps those in need. Um, Because they've all gone astray. They're without hope. They carry guilt. They have no peace. They are in darkness. Not only that, but they're condemned. They are spiritually dead. They are lost. They are blind. And uh, they are destined for eternal punishment. And so, you know, I, I thought we got all the way through point number one. If we didn't, I, I, I'm just going to give them to you. Uh, but so the third thing in our outline, the reason why we should tell others is because telling others is the business God told us to be involved in. Jesus said he must be about his father's business. Why should we be any less, right? And then the fourth reason, letter D in the outline, if you've got it there, telling others brings joy. Do you want to be happy? We can be happy and joyful when we tell people about the Lord and be obedient to him. Just think, when someone gets saved, they're happy. The Bible says there's joy in the presence of the angels. So God's happy. Uh, we're happy because we've obeyed. These things have I spoken unto you that you might, uh, that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. God wants us to have fullness of joy. And then fifthly, another reason for telling others is because telling others manifests the presence of God in your life. Remember he said, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. He gave that in context of being out there telling others and telling others earns eternal rewards, and telling others pleases God. Now, I just went through those things quickly. Let me give you point number two. Here's another question that we can ask. Uh, How can we tell others? And really, let me just say this. I'm giving you a very, very basic overview of the topic. How can you teach on uh, witnessing and telling others about Christ, sharing your faith, soul winning, evangelism, however you want to term it? How can you do that in a couple of lessons? Not simply, okay? If you want more in-depth on any of this, uh, you can get the book, Simple Soul Winning Steps. We've got it in the bookstore, and and there's a whole soul winning course there if you'd like to follow through and and dig in deeper. Hopefully, this will whet your appetite. And hopefully, it's just a reminder to those of us who do share our faith, for us who are... Witnessing. Sometimes we need that good reminder, that, that prompt to continue and not to be weary in well-doing. So how can, you, how can we tell others? Well, first of all, number one, give your testimony. Give your testimony. This is the easiest way to talk about the Lord by far. How many, how many Bible verses do you have to memorize to give your testimony? Technically, you don't have to have any Bible verses memorized to give your testimony. I was just giving your testimony. Now, I'm not saying don't memorize Bible verses. I think we should. 
And I think we should share our uh, Bible verses with our testimony. But you can start, even someone who got saved yesterday can begin to be a witness immediately. Because they can tell them what God did for them. Just share what your life was like before you got saved. Tell people what you thought was going to get you to heaven and how you found the truth and what you learned and, and how Jesus came into your life and changed your life. Oftentimes we meet people uh, who believe much like we did before we got saved. And it's a perfect opportunity uh, to help present the gospel. You say, you know, I used to uh, think that doing this would get me to heaven. And you know that that's what they're trusting because that's their their religion teaches. You say, I used to think this would get me to heaven. And this is what God showed me otherwise. And how I, I discovered the truth. And you're wetting their appetite to hear a little bit more. And you can, can I share that with you? Uh, it's kind of hard for them to say, no, don't tell me what God did for you. Now, they can do that, but uh, it's a little more difficult for them to, to push you away that way. And so the, perfect, the, the purpose of giving your testimony is to glorify the Lord. And when people see what he did for you, uh, they can oftentimes be encouraged that he can do the same thing for them. So give your testimony. That was real brief. But that's all just an overview. Let's keep moving. So you can give your testimony and you can share scripture, right? That's why the scripture says uh, we should um, go into all the world and preach the gospel. It's the gospel. It's the good news. Jesus died. He was buried. He rose again for, uh, uh, for our justification so that we could be saved. He's not dead. He's not on the cross. He's not still on the crucifix like people uh, wear and carry around. He is alive and in heaven there's an empty tomb and he's powerful to save. He's alive interceding for us today. So we've got a, we got a wonderful Lord, a wonderful risen Savior. And so we can uh, begin to share the scripture that will uh, help them find salvation. So I want to uh, consider some key passages that will... Uh, assist us as we present the gospel. Again, this is really quick. So let's get to number three. What should we say to others? All right, so if you've never, ever witnessed to anybody before and you don't know, well, what do I do? Well, share your testimony. Tell what God did with your life and weave scripture in along the way. So how do we preach the gospel to every creature? Uh, there's no there's hundreds of verses that you can use to to lead someone to Christ. There's no magical formula. You have to be following the leading of the Holy Spirit and trusting God. Say, Lord, I just ask that you give me wisdom and know how to how to go. And it's amazing while you're witnessing that God will put another passage on your mind, and then you explain that, and then you it puts another passage on your mind. But there are some key. Um, truths that everyone must know in order to be saved. You can't just gloss over sin and never deal with a person's sin and think, well, they'll, they'll get saved. You, you can't just forget about repentance. You can't just forget about Christ's substitution on the cross. So uh, let me just give you um, a, a good starting point. How's that? Not that this is like the exact thing you have to follow every time you witness to someone. Uh, because oftentimes 
usually, not oftentimes, usually my gospel presentation varies from person to person because each person has different needs and the Lord will guide differently. So here's a few thoughts. And if you have the outline, letter A would be, here's some things you say. First one, letter A, God loves you. All right, it's good to start positive. It's not good to say, you know, you're a dirty, rotten sinner on your way to hell. You need to repent and get saved. You can say that, but it's it's better to to remind them that God loves you. He really does care for you. And we have John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Start with why God sent Son. It's okay to focus on love. You say, well, I'm a fundamentalist. Well, don't be so isolated from the love of God that you don't share it with people. Okay? We're in, a, we're in a predicament. We're lost without Christ. Sinners have no hope without Christ. Our, our sin is going to bring us to condemnation without Christ. And so his love is so important because it shines through and reaches down to this lost, needy world. The second thought, then, uh, is that you want to present is, although God loves you, he doesn't like your sin. Or in the outline, he hates your sin. So Romans 3.23, now we get to sin, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Again, I'm tempted to sit here and break this down and explain all these things. Um, God's way up here. We're way down here. No matter how hard you try, you still come short. You know, sometimes I'll, I'll use the illustration I'll say to someone, well, you, I might be fairly good with some good works. I might have some, but I'm going to come short. Maybe you're better than me and you get really, really close, but you still come short because sin always pulls us down. And so that's the point you want to get to. It doesn't matter how good you are. The sin is what makes you fall short of the glory of God. And then we have listed there uh, Psalm 7, 11. Uh, God is angry with the wicked every day. Yes, he loves us, but he's also angry at sin. We get that, right? If you're a parent, you love your children. Do you always love what they do? No, you don't love their rebellion. You don't love their lying. You don't love their backtalk. You don't love a lot of things, but you love them. And so help them to understand that. Then thirdly, God has promised uh, to punish sin. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ the Lord. And then Revelation twenty fourteen, and, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And so sin has to be punished. Thankfully, it already has been punished on, in the person of Christ. So that's where we get to. Um, the next point is to get them to understand what's not going to save them because Religion does a really good job at confusing people and telling people the wrong things to trust for their salvation. So the outline here, letter D, surprisingly, some things you think will save you will not. So I've got a couple things listed here. First of all, uh, the Ten Commandments cannot save you. Uh, there, there are different churches that say, oh, you just keep the Ten Commandments, you do your best, and you'll go to heaven. Well, let me ask you, how many people have kept all the Ten Commandments? Not one. So if you have to keep the Ten Commandments to go to heaven, you're not going. No one's going. So 
right there from the get-go, you can you know, well, that teaching, that doctrine's wrong. Okay. That's the best that you can get. I remember uh, meeting a guy who was studying for the ministry. And uh, I, when we were living over there in, in Zambia, and I asked him, so how do you get to heaven? Well, he says, you know, you, you, know, you follow God. I said, and, and? Is that all? Oh, no, no, and you've got to keep the Ten Commandments. Oh, if I keep the is that enough? Oh, no, and then you have to, um, you know, tithe. And, and is, if I tithe, then, well, and then you, and the list kept growing. He says, so is there a complete list? He didn't know. His, his whole solution was, well, if it's in the Bible, you just do it, and hopefully at, at the end, you're okay. But you're not going to be okay, because you can't do everything the Bible says. Nobody has, nobody will. Right? And so Romans 3.28, Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of law. Here, look at it this way. People think, well, I believe in Jesus, and I'm doing the best I can. Together that'll get me to heaven. Absolutely not. Look at the verse. Okay, therefore we conclude that man is justified by faith. That's believing in Jesus, putting your confidence, your trust, and your dependence on in Him for salvation, without the deeds of the law. So it's not Jesus and your works together. Yes, no, no. It's Jesus without your works. Then you can get into heaven. So it's not just I'm trusting Jesus and I'm doing my works. He said, well, I'm not just trusting my works. I'm trusting Jesus, too. You know, you can't do both. It's either or, right? I can go up the steps here. I can sit in that chair or that chair. I can't sit in both. I'm not that wide yet. (laughs) Okay? I have to make a choice which one I'm going to sit in. You, You can't trust your works and Christ together and hope. And by the way, why would you trust your works also? Because you don't think Jesus is good enough to help you. So there's a problem there too. There's a lot of problems. And that's where religion's done a great job of confusing things. And uh, Galatians 3.11, but that no man is justified in the, by the law in the sight of God. It is evident. It's obvious. For the just shall live by Faith. So we're justified. That means to be made righteous. We're saved, forgiven of our sins by faith in Christ, not by the work of the law, not by doing all those good things. So Ten Commandments cannot save you. Baptism cannot save you. First uh, Peter 3.21. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, the idea of water washing away your sin, but the answer of a good conscience toward God. Listen, at best, baptism might get some of the dirt off of you, but... It's not going to get all the outside dirt off of you. And it's not going to get one stitch of your inside cleansed. It has no power to do that. The uh, Bible says, 1 John 1, 7, the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Right? You know, what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the waters of baptism. Is that the song? No. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Because that's what forgives. So, The Ten Commandments cannot save you. Baptism cannot save you. Good works cannot save you. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, For by grace are you saved through faith. And that, not of yourselves, it's a gift of God. That means it's free. Not of works, lest any man should boast. All right. So, we're talking about then, you need to explain to them, surprisingly, some things you think will save you will not. 
and you're trying to get them, you're trying to find out in the conversation, you talk with them, the conversation, what they're trusting, what they think is going to help them to get to heaven. And then you want to knock it out from underneath of them uh, using scripture kindly and gently let them down so that they can trust the right thing, which is actually the right person, and that's Christ. Amen. So then we come to the next idea. Uh, you must trust Jesus to save you. All right, so you're trying to get them to understand they can't trust all these things, any other of their works to save them. They've got to trust Jesus instead. And so Mark 1, 15, Jesus said, Repent ye and believe the gospel. So, repent, okay? There's two things here. Repent and believe. So a person has to repent of a couple of things, actually. They've got to repent of their sin and say, yes, I'm a sinner. This is bad. It's going to take me to hell. But they also have to repent of their self-righteousness. If, you have, if you're dealing with a religious person, which there seems to be fewer of those in our society today, I mean, you're, I'm a good whatever, name put in the denomination, uh, and so they're faithful to their church and their, their, their church dogma and all that. And so, but they, they're usually trusting their works to get them to say, well, I got baptized. Or, you know, I am faithful or I go to mass every whatever. And I was confirmed. I was an altar boy. What about the girls? They weren't altar girls, so I guess they're not going to get to heaven. I, I, you know, it's just, all of these things that people are putting confidences in the things that they've done and not Christ and his work. So a person has got to repent of their self-righteousness even and say, all my, as Isaiah said, all my righteousnesses are, are as filthy rags. These are not good enough. They're not acceptable to God. And we've got to get them to put their confidence in Christ, not in themselves. So they've got to repent of their sin of their self-righteousness, and receive Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. So they've got to change their mind about how bad their sin is and how uh, incompetent they are to be able to earn salvation. And then they've got to trust Jesus. They've got to believe the gospel. They've got to put their confidence in what he did instead of what they're trying to do. And John 1.12 simply says, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. And then you want to bring them to a place to receive Christ as their Savior. And you could say something like, Would you like to receive Jesus as your Savior right now? Uh, and a good verse for that is Romans ten thirteen. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So I kind of walk people through that verse. You know, whosoever means whoever. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord. Who's, who's he? Who died for you? Jesus. So if you call in, according to this verse, if you call on Jesus' name and ask him to save you, will he? Yeah. I don't know. What does it say? Might be saved at the end or does it say shall be saved? Shall be saved. What does that mean? It means it's going to happen. It does happen. It's a guarantee. It's a promise. And so, um, I know I went through this really quickly. Overview. Wet your appetite. Get the book. Go study. Uh, it might seem like a lot for you to learn, but you'll be surprised how quickly you can pick this up. If you're just starting out, you can get a little three-by-five card 
and write down some of these key verses and, and keep it in your Bible with you. And people, you say, and don't worry if people see you looking at the at your verse list. Say, hey, listen, you know this is so important. I don't want to skip anything. All right, that's fine with them. Okay. Um, so the most important thing you can do, though, is trust the Lord to guide you as to what to say, when to say, how to say. Well, I don't know if I'll do a good job. Well, anytime you share the Bible and tell people what God did for you, no matter how poor your presentation is, it's something God can use in that person's life. Because who's doing the work to win their soul anyway? It's the Holy Spirit, not you. And God has chosen the foolish things in this world to confound the wise. So I'm not very bright. Well, maybe God can shine through you even more brightly because of that. Amen? Just trust God. What do they say about the disciples? These are foolish and unlearned men, but they're turning the world upside down. Why? Because they trust in God and had the power of God and the breath of God in their life. If you're trusting your intellect and how smart you are and all your abilities, that's not good confidence because you're putting confidence in self. And let me just say it in the vernacular. You ain't got it. All right. So let me move on to the next point. When should we tell others? When should we start? (laughs) That's pretty simple. First of all, don't delay. You start right now. Uh, We should work. Work while there is time. You know, some people only get an opportunity to hear the gospel one time. You might only meet someone one time. Some people you will never meet again. So it's good for us to use those opportunities that God gives us. Jesus had the right attitude about reaching the unsaved. He said, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. So our days are limited to tell good news, and the days of the unsaved are numbered to hear it. With that in mind, why would we put it off? Let's do what we can and get busy. So a couple of reasons then, when, uh, or when should we tell others? First of all, don't delay. Secondly, always be ready to witness. First Peter 3.15 says, be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you. So we should be ready. Paul told us uh, in 2 Timothy 4.2, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season. You know, our church has times scheduled for soul winning. And Good churches give opportunities to their people to go out and tell the good news. I like to consider those scheduled, arranged times as the in season that Paul was talking about. And any opportunities that arise outside of a scheduled soul winning time, I kind of consider as the out of season. So in other words, we should be ready to witness for Christ anytime when it's Part of our schedule, and when it's not part of our schedule. Because God should be in charge of our schedule, and we should be flexible. So when should we tell others, don't delay, always be ready to witness? In other words, all the time, we should be looking for these opportunities. Then, fifthly, where should we tell 
others. Well, a great advantage about witnessing is that we can talk to people anywhere we are. And it's interesting, too. You say, well, I don't have any gospel tracts. I can't witness. Wait, wait, wait a minute. What about before the printing press? <laughs> they didn't witness? Yes, of course they witnessed. So you don't want to use tracts as a crutch. Tracts are great, and we want, it's great to be able to leave the word with people, but don't say, well, I don't have a tract, so I can't witness, because that's not, uh, that's not a, a prerequisite, okay? Paul's testimony was this. He says, I've showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house. He was teaching in the markets. He was going to school. He taught at schools, prisons, from house to house. In other words, when we conduct our daily activities, we can talk to people about the Lord. We can pass out tracts. We can look for opportunities to point people to the Lord. You could be shopping. You could be at the doctor's office, in the waiting room, getting fuel, um, just being able to to contact, uh, come in contact with people. And, and as uh, as Paul went from house to house, I kind of look at that as a church's or uh, you know organized soul winning program, right? Um, and and this allows us to come into contact. That's why it's good to go out and have a scheduled time because you, sometimes we get busy. I you know. I live on property. I work on property. There, there are times where I don't even leave the property for a few days. Okay? And uh, my neighbors are saved, right, Dr. Swung? <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's good for me to have those oppor- scheduled opportunities where I know I'm going out. Okay? We need to look for these opportunities. All right, let's move on to the next question. I think we're going to make it. That means we'll start something else next week. You want to know what? Come back next week, right? Find out. Last question then for us today is who should tell others? Who should tell others? Only those who've been saved for 25 years, right? No. No. God expects every saved person to witness for him. Now, it's true that some people are uh, more outgoing than others. Yeah. But we all have an obligation to witness. People say, well, I don't have the gift of evangelism. Well, neither do I. In fact, there is no gift of evangelism mentioned in the Bible. Okay, well, I have the gift. Well, good. I wish I could have the gift. Right? It's just obey. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Just do what you're told to do. But God does help us along the way. In that sense, uh, we are gifted because the Holy Spirit will, will guide us and help us. And <clears throat> Psalm 107 verse 2 says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So have you been redeemed? Have you been saved? Have you been purchased by the Lord? Are your sins forgiven? Does he own you now because of salvation? If so... Say so. Right? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Don't be one of those silent Christians and say, well, I, I, you know, they'll just have to guess that I'm a Christian. Well, so if you're, if you're saved, God expects all of his children to tell others. And then secondly, God has equipped you to witness for him. 
Uh, you may say, well, you know, soul winning is for others. It's not for me. Because that, that outgoing person, that's easier for them. Well, I'm not necessarily outgoing. So I have to force myself to be a little more outgoing. But you know what? There are some people, and I'm getting into the next point here. First one is this. That we all have a unique personality. God has equipped you with the personality that he wants you to have. And he wants to use your personality. You may not be as outgoing. But you know, there are people in this world who get irritated with outgoing people. And they're like, just get away from me. I'm glad you're excited about everything. You know, and everything that you, every time you speak, every sentence ends with an exclamation point. And you're like, in, in everyone's face. Not everybody appreciates that. And so that outgoing personality, yeah, 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 annoys some people. So if you don't have one of those personality, I'm not saying if you have one of those personality, I'm not saying you annoy everybody, but you do annoy some people. And there's other people who walk around just kind of reserved. You annoy people too, but you also relate to other people. So God has fitted us with the personality that he wants us to have. And we can't say, well... I can't witness because I'm not like so-and-so. And my dad has got like the most unbelievable, outgoing person. He's one of those type of guys. He can walk down an aisle of a store, look at you, smile at you, and you will smile back and you will just start, he, you will engage in conversation and feel comfortable talking to him. He's just, that's my dad. He can talk to anybody, anywhere, anytime. And Does that help him with his witnessing? Absolutely. But I don't have that personality. But I have another personality. And I can still witness. And I can still win souls too. So don't be comparing yourself and say, well, I can't witness because God didn't make me the right way. Does that make sense? I don't think it makes sense at all. Don't think you're ill-equipped to speak for Jesus. And some people respond to you better. Than they will to others. So we have a unique personality. We also have unique opportunities, right? <clears throat> in your sphere of influence, whether it's at work, in the neighborhood, among family members, or daily, daily, daily errands that you run, you're going to uh, meet people that I'm never going to meet. You know uh, people that others in the church don't know. And it's your responsibility to reach them. Not my responsibility to reach your neighbor or your coworker. Right? It's my responsibility to reach my coworker. I've been working on Dr. Volgan for a long time. No. <laughs> All right, so it should motivate us uh, to pray for and notice opportunities to tell people the good news that will set them free. So we have a unique personality, we have unique opportunities, and we have a unique testimony. I don't have the testimony someone else does. You don't need the testimony someone else does. You have your testimony. It's what God did for you. And if God didn't do anything for you, I suggest you get saved. And if you are saved, be excited about what God has done for you. You know more uh, than any other person what the Lord has done for you. I could try to give Brother Ramus' testimony, both Brother Ramus' testimony. I could try. But they know better what God did for them than I do. So their testimony is going to be more powerful than me trying to give their testimony. 
And I've experienced God working in my life. I can give my testimony. And if you've been saved and God's worked in your life and changed you, you can give your testimony. You can talk about the peace that God gave you. It's not a matter of sharing what you don't know, but sharing what you do know. And if you save, you know something. And as time goes on, you'll know the Bible more. And you'll, you'll know more verses to be able to use as you present the gospel to help people. And, but for now, if you're just newly saved, share what you know. Tell them what God did. Man, I was heading the wrong direction. My life was a mess. I asked Jesus to come into my life, and he fixed it. I'm, I'm saved. I got peace. And he's helping me work through some of my problems. And someone else is going through the same thing. Be, wow, if it worked for you, maybe I, I need that too. And so you can make a great impact on people wherever you are. And even new converts have the promise found in Mark 16, 20, where it says, The Lord working with them. Okay? So having the Lord with you is, is better than all the knowledge in the world. Because if he's working with you, I'd rather him do the work. I'm just kind of there for, along for the ride. So what if nobody ever told you about Jesus? Where would you be? You wouldn't have any joy, forgiveness, home in heaven, but you do. And if you do, aren't you glad that you do? Well, then let's try to share that with others so they can have what we have and ask God to to lead us to some people and give us opportunities to notice those opportunities and, and, and help it to be natural for us just to share what God's given done for us. Father, we thank you.